0: Welcome to another episode of the Privacy Pros Academy podcast. I'm your host, Jamal Ahmed, CEO of KZN Privacy Experts, and I train individuals to become world-class privacy professionals without getting confused and overwhelmed within this constantly evolving industry. Today, I'm going to be speaking to Benga Odubemi, who is joining us from the U.S., And In this episode, we discover more about Benga and his journey as a privacy pro, and we also unearth the skills and qualities a multinational company looks for when hiring a privacy professional. Benga Odubemi is a privacy attorney currently working in the advisory practice of Ernst & Young as a cybersecurity and privacy senior associate. Benga is a certified information privacy manager, certified information privacy professional for both Europe and the US and he's been awarded fellow of information privacy. Most of his work at the firm is focused on helping organizations in different industries comply with the relevant privacy legislation and regulations as it relates to them. His focus also includes the assessment of privacy stature or maturity of organizations so as to highlight the gaps therein and drafting reports on discovered laxities with detailed remediation plans for such organization's senior management. Benga has helped several organizations in different industries, ranging from healthcare industry to the financial technology and manufacturing industry. Prior to joining Ernst Young, Benga worked at a similar firm, Price Waterhouse Coopers, in a similar role where he supported the privacy compliance efforts of his clients on several projects, and before working at PwC, he worked at Mastercard as an associate in the company's legal services department. A seasoned privacy professional, Benger has supported his clients internationally with branches spanning three to four continents, having started practicing law as a privacy attorney at a commercial law firm in Nigeria before moving to the United Kingdom and now in the United States. Wenger's interest aside from privacy includes intellectual property law, contracts, artificial intelligence and machine learning, and how privacy relates to it. He also enjoys writing articles on arising issues in different legal aspects, and in his free time... He loves to volunteer for causes he supports, play soccer, cook, and engage in interesting and educative debates. Benga, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. If you had to create a slogan for your life, what would it be?
1: (laughs) That's actually a very good question. I never thought about that. I would say diversity at its best. I've lived in Africa, lived in the UK, and then I'm living in the US. to different cultures and you know different kind of environment and work environment as well i'll say diversity at at, at its its best
0: so your slogan for life is diversity at its best venga can you tell us what you love about the privacy industry
1: the most important thing that i really love about it to me personally as i'm a professional but you see privacy it's it's different it's a a living subject and because things changes and you know rules regulations and laws come up that shakes up the the industry that just fits my personality as um as a privacy professional that's what i would love to do the thing i like most about it the fact that it's a living profession it's not static it's not dormant. it changes Privacy changes like something new, like almost every three, four months, either in laws or regulations or new decisions. I like the fact that it changes.
0: That's one of the things I love about it as well. Is that it's constantly evolving, and you're always having to, you know, make sure you're on top of everything that's happening, and it keeps us motivated and challenged. So I completely Mm -hmm. relate to what you're saying. Great. Talk to me about the moment you decided uh, being a data privacy professional was the career for you.
1: So initially, I became a lawyer. The very first firm I worked with, we do more cases that are to do with the intersection of law and technology, not just your usual intellectual property and stuff, but also data privacy as well. But then in Nigeria, the privacy space is not really, really good at that, at that point uh, because we don't have a regulation. We don't have a law. The few international organizations we're working for, at that time, um, in the UK to be specific, locally, we don't really have anything that is you know, working or that is functioning. Then I have a little interest in privacy. I moved to the UK for my master's. Then during the master's program, 2014, 2015, the GDPR was just like coming out. During the program, the, the school was in a kind of like an impasse because they don't even know which law should be focused on. You know, the directive is about to go extinct. The GDPR is going to come up. It's a kind of a mixture of both of them. You know, that also supported my interest a little bit. The final break came when I got to the U.S. finally, working at MasterCard. My very first job at MasterCard before I got promoted as associate specialist was um, a contract administrator. That role requires me to draft and review. View contracts, structure contracts, and negotiate contracts with third parties. Most of the contracts I was working on, I started touching about data privacy. You know, I started saying data privacy, that's a privacy addendum, data a privacy process. That I'm like, okay, this is something that you know I've had experience on before. But we me seeing it constantly. I said maybe it's time for me to expand my knowledge. My understanding of this subject, or the time that I decided that I want to focus on privacy, was when I go to the US and working at MasterCard. When
0: mm-hmm. you got to the US and you were working at MasterCard, you were reviewing mm-hmm. all of these contracts and you kept seeing data privacy popping up so many times. And given right. what you'd learned during your master's while you were in the United Kingdom, about this new piece of legislation that's going to be a game changer for the world, right. The bar, right? It was like, ah. This is something that I need to start looking into because it seems to be everywhere now. Right, right, yeah. You obviously have a great position at Ernst Young and prior to that, you was at PwC. What helped uh-huh. you to succeed?
1: Going to study, to know more about privacy. Most people reach out to me about getting into privacy. They think that they just need to have a certification in privacy. Read a book, the IAPP book, and they're in privacy. And I always tell them, like, you never understand privacy if you read the IEPP book. You won't launch yourself into the career. The book is designed for you to pass an exam. So, if you're looking to pass a test, yeah, you read the book, you pass the test. Maybe you're going to understand some part of privacy, but the real understanding of privacy, you can't start from reading an IEPP book to launch your career into privacy. So, you have to really start from reading several articles and works that have been done even before the Ipp became an organization. So you have to like go understand those stuff, the rudiments, the background information, then you can progress into Ipp books. So I think one of the factors that really helped me is getting to know about privacy, read articles, you know, read text and cases. And so. the next fact that helped me be successful is the fact that the IAPP has done a very good work. I like the fact that they've been able to separate the relevant regulations for different jurisdictions, like the US, we have our own stuff. In Europe, yeah, you guys have your own stuff. The fact that I've been able to not just understand the US law alone, but also extend my knowledge to Europe, learning the overall management of privacy, that has really helped me a lot because firms, organizations, clients see that and they realize that, okay, it's not just vast in the local area of laws. So the second factor is just not reading about privacy, but also trying to learn about what happens in other jurisdictions. Most likely you work for an international company and these companies have branches all over the world. Um, So they'll Most likely prefer someone who has knowledge, not just locally, but internationally and that knows what's going on in other parts of the world as well. And I would say a thought factor that really helped me in being successful, I try to understand my clients. So you can't really... Provide privacy guidance or controls or support to an organization or you are doing the, the business. So, I think if you're working for one organization, it's going to be very easy for you to just learn the business. But if you're working in the big four, the client changes, the organization changes. So, that means you have to constantly learn and know about a company and routes that you follow to, to understand a company. You know, there's several routes that you can go on in the internet, read news, check their website, talk to them, talk to someone in now. So I would say that's another factor that's really helped to be successful. You know, when you talk to clients about privacy and you're kind of interpolating their business features and objectives into what you're saying, they respect that, you know, it shows that you've learned about them. Those are the few factors that, that comes to my mind. I think I'm going to just stop there. <laughs>
0: All right. No, that's that's been super helpful. What I understand from what's helped you to really succeed is, number one, you actually took the time to invest in yourself. You took the time to invest in your own education, learning about privacy. You didn't just have this loser's mindset where you're going to read a book, learn how to pass an exam and think you're going to be successful as a privacy professional. I need to uh-huh. attend training, I need to widen my horizons, learn about privacy from other sources and see what's happening, not just where I am, but what's happening on a global scale. Right. And then for you to succeed in your role as a consultant for one of the big four is really uh-huh. understand that different clients will have different needs. And for you, the more you took the time to understand your clients, the more successful you found you was in your work.
1: Right, right.
0: All right. Excellent. What's one thing you wish you had known when you began your career as a privacy professional?
1: You have very, very good questions. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The privacy industry doesn't teach. It doesn't have rooms for for newcomers, for beginners, for people who are just like fresh out. You see most organizations right now, uh, they're willing to teach you. In privacy, you don't see that. You really see an organization saying you can come in new without you having experience that we're willing to teach you you or expect you to learn. People ask me, is your firm hiring? Can you help us? But you won't get the job. Company is asking for three, four, five years' experience. I wish I knew (laughs) this industry would offer a chance. But now I find myself telling people for the most part, you don't have some experience, you're not going to get in. So it's, it's actually very sad stuff. I wish I knew that when I was coming in. Unfortunately, I can't encourage newcomers, people just coming in. It affects folks like myself who have been in the subject, who have been the profession, because they don't have any experience in it. Companies and firms and organizations are just not willing to, to give them a chance. I wish I knew that. I definitely like privacy, but I also want to see people who are at the entry level as well.
0: One thing that you wish that you had known when you go into the industry is that how difficult it's going to be for newcomers to come in. The scene we see now is there's such a big demand for privacy that Mm -hmm. people need people to come in and hit the ground running. There is no time to train somebody up, right? (laughs) Right, The industry is booming. Privacy is more important than it's ever been before. We -hmm. need people that know what they're talking about. We need them to come in and hit the ground running. And one of the things that we do at the Privacy Pros Academy is we take people with little or no experience through a 12-week intensive process. So the first thing we do is look at their mindset. We don't want people with the losing mindset, I'm going to read a book and pass an exam and become a privacy pro. Uh -uh, Uh It's just not going to (laughs) happen. We immerse their brains in 12 weeks of intensive study. So we go through Uh each of the topics that they're likely to cover, as covered in the IAPP, Certified Uh Information Privacy Professional. And we give them a deep dive into each 11 modules. So we have masterclasses. By the time they graduate from each masterclass, they become a subject matter expert on each of those topics. The next thing we do is then we put them through the formal IAPP training. So we put them through the formal training course, give them the certificate of attendance, make sure they have that premium qualification and get certified to demonstrate their knowledge. Then we put them through... More intensive practical assignments. So like you said, nobody's going to hire you unless you know how to write a record of unless you know how to capture a record of processing activities, right. unless you uh-huh. know how to do a data protection impact assessment, unless you know how to respond to data subject access requests, unless you right. know how to draft a privacy of in you know, a language that the customer understands. So Uh we put them through practical assignments and we train them on all of those things. The last thing we do is we help them with their personal branding. So now that you have the knowledge, now that you have all the experience, now that you have all of the premium certifications, you need to put that all in a package and communicate that to organizations and hiring managers like yourself, Penga, so that they make themselves an attractive opportunity to be a highly paid privacy professional. And... I strongly believe that when people go through this 12-week program, and we can see from the success stories, that it really exponentially increases their chances of securing highly paid work. What do you think of the program? I know I've defined it very simply there, but what are your initial thoughts on that?
1: I think that's a very good initiative. To me, from your from description, it sounds like a, a one-stop shop. That incorporates everything. When I came into privacy, there's nothing like that. I think that's a very good development, what you guys are doing. Everything you described, the four processes like you learning, classical power, the, the models, and then the branding at the end, I have to do that separately in a disjoint manner in several instances. There's no one organization that combines all of those four steps together. It's like someone comes in into your program, a novice and they come out at the other end as a semi-professional. I'd say that's a very, very good development. Your program is intensive. Every person trying to get into privacy sh- should go through. I definitely recommend more people to your program. Also.
0: Yeah, look, here's, here's the other thing, Benga, that uh, would be really helpful for anyone that's interested, whether they join the program or not. We've got mm-hmm. the Facebook group Privacy Pros Academy. And in Uh there, it's full of people who are aspiring to become privacy professionals, people that are only privacy professionals looking to take it to the next level. So, for example, they might have had a few years experience and now they're looking to come into a consultancy like yours and perform on the next level. Or people Uh that are at your level that really want to go to the next level and give back. So we have a community of people in the privacy space and more than happy for anyone that is interested in the privacy that comes from your network to come into the group and we will look after them every week. I go in there, I do a live, I answer all of their questions. It's a powerfully supportive environment for anyone that's looking to either launch, excel or progress their career in the privacy space. So I'll I'll share those details with you, but anyone can go on Facebook Privacy Pros Academy and join. now. What is the biggest challenge that you had to overcome?
1: In the privacy industry, the biggest challenge definitely is, I'll say two things, right? The very first one is, it actually doubles as as a good thing, and it's also a challenge. The law changes, there's some organizations that in certain industries, they don't have to comply with just one regulation, they have to comply with several regulations, so that's always a problem. Prior engagement that I worked on, you have this client trying to comply with the CCP in the US and also the, the GDPR also wants to look at the NIST privacy framework as well. So three things at the same time. So that's always a very big challenge where you have to work for a client that has a plethora of laws that they have to comply with. Companies in healthcare, in the US, for example, they have to look at HIPAA. But then they have to look at the GDPR, for example, as well. For the most part, most of the laws are similar, but sometimes the effort might just be so, so duplicative. What I've learned from that is always trying to compare regulations that a client has to comply with. Do get a very huge spreadsheet or whatever tool you want to use. A comparison so that you know this one, if I do all of this one, then I've met some requirement for this regulation. That's, that's, always been a, that's always been a challenge when an organization has to comply with just not GDPR, but like three, four different stuff. And I would say another challenge definitely is the client. You know, often you get to work for clients or metric clients who are not really apprehensive, especially mm. when, when you come in from the outside and want to see their privacy program. They, you know, like, oh, this is an audit. I don't want the ball to fall in my court. They often become reluctant to show you what they're doing. And explain things to you so you can help them because they feel you're doing an audit. It's just an assessment. I think it's incumbent on companies, on organisations, to kind of prepare the minds of their relevant stakeholders that are going to be relevant for a privacy program assessment, for example, or any privacy work. Especially when you're bringing people in from the outside, but they're not trying to audit you or you know check what you're doing if it's good or bad. Prepare the mind. Let them know that you know people are coming to you to see what they're doing. If you could do that, we won't seem like we are trying to challenge what they're doing. Meeting with clients that are very hostile or they're not really you know cooperative, they're often reluctant to share things.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I've often uh, been involved in situations where we go to visit a client and the client is not forthcoming with the information. And we're just there trying to help them to get compliant and Mm -hmm. meet their privacy objectives. For some reason, they feel that if they reveal certain information, that it could jeopardize their position with the firm or only look to the manager's eyes. And sometimes uh, it it becomes something beyond the actual privacy program management and it becomes a bit of a political infighting. And I think Any great world-class consultant, one of the things they have to understand is the human element and the psychology of managing those stakeholders and have to factor those Uh things in, especially as a consultant when they go into an organization. And it clearly looks like you've had some strength in doing that and you've built a lot of resilience up to help you be as successful as you have been within your uh, most recent role as well. That's a really useful insight. Now, I'm going to ask you the same question. What is one of the biggest challenges you've had to overcome personally? And what have you learned from it?
1: Staying on top of the constantly changing privacy regulations. Like I said, following the the, the promulgation of the CCPA, we've seen a lot of U.S. states trying to make their own comprehensive privacy laws as well. And now you have to like keep up with all of these laws, all of these regulations. I know what they are because from my experience, the clients think of you as know it all, so they ask you questions like, "Oh, so what does this law say?" And if you haven't read with that law, you, you might not know what to say to a client. Okay, but I thought you're a privacy pro. You don't even know this law exists. Every day, I'm checking the news. I check the IEPP newsletter. Check a, a lot of newsletters and I follow up, like, what, what's the development? Like, what's going on? I always, and people like yourself, I saw some of your posts on LinkedIn as well. You know, I try to, you know, get into groups that to privacy and the developments and things that are going on just so that, I don't appear like I don't know what I'm talking about. You know when I confront the client and the client asks me questions. So I would say personally, that's not the biggest challenge. Uh, learn or study or try to help a client. I'm also trying to develop myself on this constantly evolving practice. Keep checking. Oh, there's a new decision. Oh, the DPA in this country. Find this company. Let me see why they find them. Let me keep up. So, yeah, i would say personally, that that's a very big challenge for me in um, the privacy space and something I've, I've been able to rely on, uh, the available resources to um, overcome. That's what I've been doing, you know, relying on resources, LinkedIn, IAPP, newsletters, privacy groups, posts from people like yourself and other professionals in the privacy space.
0: I completely relate to uh, the challenges of keeping up with the constantly evolving uh, updates in privacy. There's a new law coming out in the country in Asia, and there's Mm -hmm. an update in one of the states in the U.S., and then uh, one of the supervisory authority decides to go out with this fine. And then we have a court ruling coming out with this opinion, which contradicts right. everything that we've known prior to that. And, <laughs> right. Right, yeah, it is, it is a bit of a challenge trying to keep up. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. one of the things that I actually uh, created earlier this year is the uh-huh. Privacy Pros community. And it's a WhatsApp group of global privacy professionals at the, okay. best, at the top of the game, uh, people like me and you. And what we do is we come together and we post industry news, we post relevant articles, we post relevant updates, and we have those conversations on a peer-to-peer level. And you know what? I would love to extend an invitation out to you after this call. can help you with those challenges as well. And when you get in there, you can see that there's, you know, privacy professionals from all over the world. They all have different experiences. You all have different backgrounds. And you know what you said about your... um, your slogan for life, diversity yeah. at its best. That, that's right. exactly what this group does. Oh,
1: okay. It's okay. awesome. That's awesome. I, I really love that. Yeah, I've, I think that's going to be a very good resource to to fall back on and see, you know, people posting stuff. And, okay, I can easily understand. And obviously, I would love to contribute as well. You know, I should got things happening within within the, the U.S. space. Yeah, I would really love that. Thanks a lot.
0: <laughs> my pleasure. It'd be uh, great to have you on board. Okay, so my next question for you, what advice would you give to aspiring privacy professionals?
1: Don't get into privacy because of what you are or oh, they're making a lot of money. That's why I, I want to get into privacy because of the money. Um, I mean, obviously, yeah, that's a good factor that could incite you. Don't let that be the, the main factor because you are that people doing privacy uh, money. And, and that's what I've had, you know, from a lot of people who have approached me. Yeah. I I would say get into privacy because, because you love it. if you don't love privacy you can't really do it you have to actually love this profession this subject I can talk about privacy like forever like yeah i don't even need a preparation for it because i really love this subject. like it's something that i enjoy doing so if, if you come into it with a different motive aside from the love that you have for it aside from interest in actually getting to know it um you have you have a problem ultimately when you get into practice because in practice it's different you said organizations want you to come in and start running they don't like try to teach it. So if you get into it without, you know, with the motive of you just making money, if someone hires you and they give you something to do right, right there, it should be very difficult for you to even know where to go to, what should I do. Come with the right motive. The motive should be your love for the for the industry, um, for the subject, and not jump into a certificate. I would say come into it with, you know, you actually learning it, you're actually wanting to know what it's about, go back in time and read what privacy is about, read several articles about it, read books about it. Then if you want to supplement that with a certification, yeah, that's good, but the rudiment knowledge is what's really gonna help you eventually when you get in and start doing hands on privacy work. Definitely study more about it with the right mind state, with the right motive. And if you want to write a certification on top of that, I would say go ahead. For every privacy job, you see some kind of must-have a certification. The market requires it. Maybe you should do it. And also, the thought now say, is you should rely on people who, are, who have more experience more than yourself in this industry. You can't have a mentor. And not necessarily mental, someone who you look up to, someone who you can go to and ask questions. If you don't have someone that is way beyond you doing privacy work, who has done privacy work before, you're going to have a very hard time. There are several aspects of privacy. It's not just about you need to have someone that you can go to, that you can ask complex questions. Who is a controller and the processor? Is this an instance of co-joint controllership? or is he independent controller? Those little, little, questions can create a lot of problems for you when you're, doing, when, when you're doing privacy work. If you have someone who um, has been in the game for a while, for can definitely point you into the right direction explain stuff to you. So I would say that that's my top thing. You know, have someone who, who is, has been in the game, like yourself, Jamal, that they can run to and you know, you can get guidance. And I would say the last thing is make sure you are always in tune what's going on in privacy because it's a living profession it's not static constant it changes things changes every time so
0: thank you that was a great value there so the first thing you said is look hey guys if you want to get into data privacy then mm-hmm. do it for the love not just for the money the money is right. fantastic but that should be your benefit for bringing a value to the industry not because mm-hmm. you come in to take the money away right you come in right. to bring value and you come in to do a meaningful job." And make sure that people's rights are protected. Be passionate about privacy and make sure you can demonstrate that passion and the way you're going to do that is by making sure that you are widely read and understood and you understand the whole space completely. And the third thing I got from you was get yourself a mentor, right? Get yourself a mentor, someone who's already been there, done it, doing what you want to do so that they can push you in the right direction without you having to go around in circles. So, And the fourth thing you identified, although it's not something that you necessarily agree with, is you said that, look, If you want to have any chances of becoming a privacy professional, then you need to make sure that you have the uh, IAPP certifications, whether that's the SIP-E as a basic or the SIP-US or the SIP-C, depending on where you work, and the SIP-M to becoming a privacy program manager. Another thing you said is hiring managers won't even look at your CV or give you a callback unless you have those minimum benchmarks in place. So that was really great advice. And I think a lot of people can take that away and really start applying a lot of that as they're thinking about a journey into data privacy and developing their careers as well. You've worked for some of the biggest companies in the world. All right. What is it that you love most about your work?
1: The people I work with. I work with a lot of great people. Now, imagine you being around like 20, 30 other guys who are like, you know, vast in, in GDPR as well, in privacy. It makes your work a lot, much more easier. The, the most fundamental thing that I, that I love most about my Experience my work, privacy work so far. It's the people I work with. Um, for the most part, every time there is a privacy related work, there are always people around me who have the same mindset, state, who knows the subject, or we even know it more than myself. So that's always, you know, make my work very easy. You just need to do your own. Uh, so I'd say it's the people, the people, the people I work with. I've been privileged to, to work with a lot of very good privacy professionals. Mm. and that has really really helped my my work i would say without without the people i've worked with who understand privacy my work will have been much more tedious <laughs> impossible to do but yeah so for you know, pwc you are you have a lot of like thousands of people who understand privacy so you, you can't really really get lost or you know do something wrong because you have people around you it's the people for me I
0: love it i love it so the people is the thing that you love most about your work i love that Given a really good insight into you as a person, as a privacy professional, and you mentioned mind state uh, quite a lot of times, and I think that is super important. We're going to move on now. So recently I saw a post on LinkedIn where you're looking for individuals to come and work with you at Ernst & Young. And one of the things that you do is you look through the applicants and CVs and you decide which of those you're going to pass on for consideration. So when right. you're going through that process, when you're looking through hundreds of CVs, what is it that you're actually looking for? What makes what makes one of these CVs stand out to you?
1: The, the main thing I look out for is, is experience. I know I talked about this earlier. The industry should give room for new guys. But a consulting firm is not, it's not really where you want to start your career. As a private professional, I, I wouldn't say you should start the big four. I would say start somewhere very somewhere very small. You know, if I'm going to pass the resume to the hiring manager, you must have at least one year experience, some kind of experience. If you don't have that experience, I'll most likely not pass it. Not pass it because it's just the way the big four is is built. The big four don't really really expend resources in teaching new new guys as you know coming in. They, for the most part, they want guys who most likely from another big four you know who have experience over there or who have done some privacy work before in their past. So to answer your question. The main thing I look out for is you have to have some experience, at least one year experience in privacy. It's the rules, it's the model, it's the, it's the game. So that's what I look out for. I'd say, secondly, is a certification. If you have it, it definitely it's going to give you an edge. If you've gone through some privacy training, some privacy intensive training on, in knowledge, and you have something to prove to show you, like, look, then definitely that's going to put you up there. So I'll say those are like the two things experience and your demonstration of, of of knowledge. Maybe past projects you've worked on can corroborate your knowledge of the industry. For me, it's, it's the experience, that's number one thing. Number two is like, you know, the kind of training that you do. And, you know, at the end you, you give your, you know, the people will go through that some kind of, you know, document to attest to um, experience. So yeah, something like, if I see something like that in your resume, I'll definitely pass it on. So th- those are the factors.
0: Okay, excellent. So you look for two things. One is experience, and two is some relevant training, someone that's actually has the winning mindset, someone that says, you know what, I'm going to invest in myself, I'm going to put myself through some kind of formal privacy training program, and I'm going to come out the other end, I'm going to be able to demonstrate my knowledge and the value I bring to an organization.
1: Right, definitely.
0: All right, excellent what other advice do you have for someone who is looking to progress so they're already in privacy maybe they've been in the privacy for let's say two years they have some experience they worked with a firm and now they're looking to progress onto the next level what advice would you give to someone in that situation
1: when you say next level what do you mean like do you mean like from a manager to a senior manager
0: or let's just say from like an analyst to a consultant that's actually a very big jump
1: from an analyst to a consultant because people come into a consultancy with a wrong mind state without knowing what it's all about. Uh, for the big four, it's even much more intensive. If, if you're going to progress from analyst to a consultant's level, I'd say the first thing you should do is put someone who's already in there to give like a kind of insight, like this is what you're coming to experience. You, you know, you're going to be traveling every time. You're going to be doing, you're going to be jumping on different, different projects. You're an analyst. You're only working for a company just one company, when you come into this, you're not working for one company. You might be on three, four different cases, project or engagement within the space of three, four months. Your knowledge of a business can be static. It has to keep changing. As an analyst, you can ask yourself, like, do I really want to do this? Do I really want to engage in this? If they're being truthful enough, they will tell you, you know, the the bad part of being a consultant and the good
0: part. So w- w- why don't you tell us the bad parts of being a consultant and the good parts? Let's start off with the bad part first.
1: Most consultants. You don't really get distraction from doing a consultancy job. The reason why I say that is because a client might engage you to do something in privacy-related work. And then you come in, you know, propose, you implement, everything start running. That's it. Consultancy, you're good. You leave. You leave that organization to the next project. You don't really know if your proposition worked. Um, The law has changed now. Are they doing something to what you proposed? So that's satisfaction of you know you just seeing what you created growing and you know watering it and see what's you know happening to it. You don't get an consultancy after two three weeks. You're off. It's always good when you propose a control and you see how it's going, and that's the benefit you're gonna get working as an analyst in-house for a company because you can you're in that company anything you propose you know guide it you can look at it you can nurture it you can do a lot of stuff to it so yeah you don't get that satisfaction of um seeing your handwork work progress um another thing is the fact that i'll say the traveling the traveling is a lot you're coming to consultancy you have to know this especially big 4 i'm talking about like throughout the whole week you might have to be away from your family yeah you might have to be in you another know, city you know in the state that you've never been before definitely something you should consider before and i'm not saying this to discourage you from you know coming to consultancy some people actually like professional traveling the you know, where you actually go to work
0: and for people that love to travel yeah that's great you i i also love to travel as well going on holiday and going traveling for work is two completely different things
1: right 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 definitely another thing that i would say is the about you know the bad side is pressure you have to do certain things a certain way has to be at a very high quality more than you know beyond your normal working hours sometimes i I had worked for clients in the uk who had branches in the us i've had to wake up at 3 a.m in the morning if i work for a company who is in asia i was ahead that means I have to work like after five. You have to understand that if you come from an analyst position who is you know, your role is probably nine to five. In consultancy, no. Walk, wake up very early or you might work outside your normal work hours. Some people, 3 a.m., they're not really themselves. 2 a.m., they're not themselves. <laughs> In the consultancy firm, expect you to be on your game at 2 a.m. When you are not really on your game, that might put some pressure on you, you know, to perform even when you are not like at, at your best. Can I move to the good side now?
0: Yeah, let's, let's yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> because the good side let's actually... Hear some of the, let's hear about some of the great things about being a consultant. Because the good side actually
1: outweighs the bad side. If you're lucky, the most firms like EY offers you an opportunity to, to develop, to encourage you. I'd say the best thing about for a consultancy firm, your knowledge is not restricted to one industry. In the space of one month or two months, you can work for several industries within the space of two, three months. And guess what? You're not doing one thing. You're doing different things. You're touching on different different aspects of privacy work. The the Big Four offers you the platform to really expand your knowledge, to reconfirm your knowledge, to advance the knowledge. The learning chance that the Big Four gives or the consulting world gives is one of the selling points. You can test the knowledge. Your knowledge is going to develop. Everything is going to build. Your knowledge is diverse; it's not restricted to just one thing. So, as as a consultant, you can be rest assured that you're gonna get some kind of backing. Anything privacy you want they're gonna help you. You wanna be a member and the the of an organization, a private organization, and the cost is FT. Don't worry. You wanna take this exam? Don't worry. You wanna take this? You wanna go for this training? Don't worry. They always like support the your effort. Your development, you just need to take um, advantage of it. I think the good thing is the is the support. As an analyst in house, you probably look up to your to your boss. In the Big Four, gives you kind of a mix of you being independent. The Big Four, the traveling part that I said, it's not totally bad. Like I made the same. If you have a very great team, you guys can still catch fun. You guys, you know, after work, you guys can still go out a re- restaurant, just get a feel of the city where we are in. The, the traveling experience is where you make it. But when you get to where you're going, your destination, it, it depends on how you make it make it a very fruitful one you can you know try to explore the city it just depends on you. it. depends on the client it depends on the kind of project and the team that you have around you
0: now oh, that's your top three so you get the supportive environment you get to really mm-hmm. learn so much more than you could if you were stuck in one business or one organization you're right. working with multiple clients learning multiple industries all in the space of a few months which is fantastic And Of course, although Mm -hmm. traveling was a con, it's also a pro because you get to experience different cultures, you get to experience different cities, you get to experience different cuisines. And at the end of the day, it's up to you what you make of your experience, right? So 100%, great tips there about the pros of being a consultant in the big four. Love it. Thank you so much for uh, answering all of those questions. I have one last question for you before uh, we wrap this up. If you could step into my shoes, what would you have asked yourself but I didn't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the introduction of technology into privacy work right now, then most organizations are thinking that they can automate privacy and substitute that even effort for the real privacy work. Mm. For most clients, it's always very hard to to let them understand like privacy tools are only there to augment your your effort. You, you can totally automate privacy work.
0: That's great. I hear you're super passionate about clients misunderstanding what privacy technology actually does. It's there to support your privacy program, not to right. replace the human element of it. How can people connect with you?
1: Once again, contact with me. I'll say my LinkedIn. My name on LinkedIn is, is Benga me Spelled G-B-E-N-G-A. My last name is O-D-U-G-B-E-M-I. Um, engage with me in any kind of discussion.
0: Inga, thank you so much for joining us uh, and really sharing your nuggets of wisdom with us, giving us so much value that our listeners can really go away and start applying from today to really be able to progress and excel in their career as a privacy professional. God bless and take care. Thank you so much. Thank if you, for you enjoyed me. this episode, be sure to subscribe, like and share so you're notified when a new episode is released. Remember to join the Privacy Pros Academy Facebook group where we answer your questions. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're leaving with some great things that will add value on your journey as a world-class privacy pro. Please leave us a four or five-star review, wink, wink, if you feel so inclined. And if you'd like to appear on a future episode of our podcast, or you have a suggestion for a topic you'd like to hear more about, please send an email to team at kzn.co.uk. Until next time, peace be with you.